Welcome to Career Revisionist with Dr. Grace Lee, dedicated to doers, dreamers, and realists who want more success and satisfaction in their life. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a fulfilling career where it's all about doing work you love and growing your income without sacrificing your values? And here's your host. Her first car was a Pearl White 2012 370Z six-speed, Dr. Grace Lee. Most people understand and they know that it's not what you know, but it's more important who you know. I mean, back then when I was interested in purchasing this car, it was like three years ago. So three years ago from 2012, when I bought that first, my first car, it wasn't the 370Z, it was the 350Z. So they didn't make the 370 yet. But I was in the market for a new vehicle because it would just be more convenient for me to go to work if I was driving there. And I mean... In Vancouver, the public transportation system just wasn't as efficient as a lot of other cities. It was a lot slower. There weren't a lot of routes there. And so it was just more convenient for me to have my own car. And so I set out to research on what types of vehicles that I would be interested in. And I've always been a sports car buff. So for me, it makes sense that I want my first car I wanted to be a sports car. And so I was trying all these sports cars, different makes, you know, different models, and I came across the 350, the 350Z. And at that time, they had this rule in at the at the dealership that they didn't allow people to test drive it and talk about people you know. It so happened that I had a friend who worked at a another Nissan dealership and they that's where they were a salesperson. So my friend connected me with him and after hours you know, behind closed doors after hours, they, uh, they he allowed me to test drive the vehicle. And that's how I knew that this was the car that I wanted. So it wasn't until three years later that I actually bought my first car and it was no longer the 350, it was now the 370. And so, it, and I mean, that was, like I said, that's just a small example of how who you know can get you things that you normally wouldn't be able to obtain or 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 quicker than you would be able to obtain it otherwise. Right, so I want to talk in this episode, I want to talk about networking. I mean, you hear about networking and then maybe you cringe. Maybe you are feeling that you're an introvert and it's like networking. Oh, I don't like networking. And the reason why you don't like networking is because maybe you don't like the spotlight. You just never know what to say. Or you feel like, you know, like most people, many people think that, oh, I'm not good at making a first, a strong first impression when meeting people, let alone getting a great career opportunity at a networking event. Right? How many frogs do you have to kiss before you find that one? Right, and so networking just feels like it's how is that you're shaking all these hands and then you end up at the end of the day with a pile of credit cards or not credit cards, pardon me, but business cards. You end up at the end of the day with a pile of business cards, and most people don't end up following up or doing anything with them. Or when they do, it's just is you know banter back and forth, a small talk, and it doesn't end in anything. But the thing is. That is a traditional networking event. You know, when you go to events and you go to as many as possible because it's a numbers game, you got to meet people because you never know, you know. So that that is what I call a traditional networking event. And the problem with traditional networking is that everyone is there for different reasons. And you, you choose any event where there are some key individuals who are there, some business people or some business owners, and you might be interested in their company, or maybe there are some HR recruiters there, and you might want to get on their good side, for example, right? But they're there at that event for a different reason too. So everyone has a different reason. They're, everyone's focused on their own personal agenda. 
right? So everyone's playing a different game, right? They're there for different reasons. They're playing a different game, which is why there are usually no clear winners at traditional networking events, right? So if you look at the origins of networking, right? The way that I define networking is that it's any activity that increases the value of your network or it increases the value that you contribute to it, right? And so net, your network make, are made up of the people that you know, that you've connected with, you've built relationships with, and they come from uh, different levels of closeness, right? So your inner circle are those that really know you, that you know them as well. You are mostly in touch. They know more or less, you know, more than anyone else would what's going on in your life. They might know a bit about your personal life. So that's like your inner circle. And then with each concentric circle that expands from that, those are those move towards people who you deem as acquaintances. So acquaintances, you might know them by name at most, but you wouldn't be able to tell, you wouldn't be able to know what their values are or, or their their career history or anything other than you know, the basics of where they work, right? So those are your acquaintances. And so when you're networking, right, the, your network is really extremely important because it's it's who you know, it's not what you know. So there's a saying that goes, your net worth, your network is your net worth, right? Because you're depending on how intentional you have been at building your network and the connections in your network, it could be a super high quality network or a super low quality network, right? So if you're on LinkedIn and you're just accepting, just hitting connect, connect, connect to all the suggestions, you know, LinkedIn's default suggestions of people you might know and you aren't and you aren't strategizing on who to connect with. You're just connecting with anyone who sends a connection request to you, then you are building your network by accident. And the quality of your, net, your network is going to be extremely important because, you know, about that that saying about six degrees of separation, right? Your quality network, you what you want to have is the right strategy so that the people on your network are going to be those that can have a real influence on your professional future, right? So the best approach is to build what I call an army of advocates, Right. So networking is a waste of time. Traditional networking is a waste of time because everyone has their own own agenda. So what you want to do is build an army of advocates. And the thing is, when you're building advocates, I mean, what is an advocate, right? It's somebody who knows you, they like you, they respect you, and they're willing to support you in your desires. They're willing to do things to raise you up, to raise your profile, and they want to see you win, right? So that's an advocate. Someone who advocates for you will speak towards and will will speak towards your strengths and they will refer you, they will recommend you. That's the behavior of an advocate, right? But in order for someone to become an advocate, it's not about traditional networking. It's about adding value to your network. So what happens is that the the journey that someone that you 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 want to take someone to to nurture them to become your advocate is that well first and foremost the first step is that they got to know you exist right so if you don't currently have advocates in your network and chances are that's what you're working towards when you're going networking you're hoping to build uh, someone who has a, who has a real influence on your professional future but the approach here is a little bit different so first of all they have to be aware of you right? And then as they know you exist, when they know you exist, 
they need to know that you have something of value to offer to the marketplace. And it is going to be from their standpoint because of their industry marketplace. It has to make sense for them to connect with you. So you have to be able to do they, they, you have to be able to create an environment where they can consider whether or not you are, an, you are an authority on that industry or whether or not you have some expertise to contribute to that industry. It's about adding value, right? So once that is that is determined, that's a term, right? The next step then is that you can, that is only when that you can reach out to them to make a connection request, right? To connect to your network because you're connecting them. They are becoming a part of your network, but the reverse is also true they're accepting you as part of theirs, right? And if a, a, if they're a savvy professional, you know, they are a high potential prof- professional, chances are that they will value their own network and they will protect it, right? Because their network is their net worth too, right? So then, so only then you want, right? When you, it's very, it's, you have to be very careful about when you send out the request, the connection request and the context and how you send it out. Cause then, because the next step is if done successfully through that sequence, then they will accept your decision. They will make a decision and they will decide to accept your connection request, right? So once they've decided, now it's about kicking off the relationship building process and doing so in such a way that you are in, in the definition of networking here, adding value to the network, adding value to them and getting them to experience more of who you are so that they come to the point where they've not only confirmed your authority and your expertise in this area, but it also is relevant to them and they see how you can add value to that industry marketplace and they're more likely to refer you. So it's becoming more of who you are and being intentional on building that network and they will then decide the next step then is to become your advocate. And when they become your advocate, this is where they are once they're your advocate, they're willing to open doors for you that you would never known had existed. And, you know, you talk about, you hear things about the hidden job market, right? Some of the most coveted jobs, some of the most job, some of the most coveted jobs, the most desired positions that aren't even advertised are accessible through your advocates. And so the thing about the advocates is that these are people who aren't on your network yet, Right, so they are third degrees out or fourth degrees out, and that is the that is the mindset you have going in with this approach. Is that you're looking for someone third degrees out, and they have they have the access because they have influence, real influence on your professional network. So at this point, maybe you know you could be thinking, well, I don't I don't know I don't know how to do it. I mean, if and and I don't I don't have anything important to offer the people I get I need to get onto my network. So here's the truth to that. I mean, if you can step up to help a friend in need, then that's it. Then you can create an advocate, right? So that's, I mean, think about the journey that you're taking them across, right? And so you think about in business, there's two ways, there's two important, there's two key aspects of how customers decide, decide to buy from a business, right? Buyers are actually five times more likely to engage with you if it's through a mutual connection, right? A warm referral, right? So how many times, I mean, if you are looking for a new restaurant, 
chances are that you would prefer to check the check the ratings. You would prefer if someone told you this was a good one, then that is someone you know tells you that this is a good place to eat. Then it's a warm referral. So a customer is five times more likely to engage with a company if it's through a warm referral from a mutual connection. The other aspect is that eighty four percent of decision makers. Begin their buying process with a referral. So, if you think about those those those、uh, statistics, the same is true of hiring, right? The same is true. Sixty percent of hires come from internal promotions or referrals, right? So, the common connection between the business scenario and your career journey is the same: is that your network is equal your net worth. Right, so what we're trying to do in networking is not playing the numbers game. It's not about going to all the events you can in in every single week and walking into a room full of strangers, introducing yourself, exchanging contact information, and then following up. Right, that is a a a, a game that no one's there are no clear winners for. So the way to play the winning game is first of all to get intel. From the industry marketplace, from your current relationships. I mean, you have a network right now, so you're trying to get intel and trying to get information on what the industry marketplace is looking for. And this is true, especially if you are wanting to transition to a new career direction. You want to get this industry and this intel and do your research. And of course, the 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 process to build your career advocates to, is to focus on those very few third or fourth connections who you haven't met yet. Right, and of course, when you reach out to them, what you need to do when you're doing research is to getting is to get to the core, the heart, and the core of the problem, the problem that you solve for that company, the problem that you can solve for that industry, for that marketplace. And once you are clear on that, through gathering intel, collecting data, right, determine and be truthful to yourself: Are you willing and are you able to solve those problems? If you are, then you have an opportunity. You're setting yourself up with opportunities to collaborate with your future potential boss and set yourself up for a capstone achievement. Right. So this is what you do instead. And and I understand that you know how if you if you have hundreds of people in your network, how do you network with them all at once? Right. The thing is, you're not trying to network with them all at once. You're networking. You're building relationships with those key individuals who you've identified have a real influence on your professional future. If you want to find out more how to do that, how to build this army of advocates, how to reach out to them, and what you do. To build this professional relationship, I invite you to visit careerrevisionist.com/intensive. Right, that's a 21-day intensive where I show you how to build this army and how to be able to ethically convince someone to hire you and to bring you on on their team, and also to be able to command the the income that you're worth. So visit that careerrevisionist.com/intensive. Because even if right now you're feeling that you don't know how to get the right people's attention, or if you're not sure how to stand out among the competition, the truth is you can stand out from your competitors simply by showing the decision makers how you can solve their most pressing problems. That's the best way to capture someone's attention and to hold their attention. 
So if you like my content, I invite you to give me your honest feedback on iTunes and leave your comments there as well. Sometimes I like to read the comments. If there are questions as well. And sometimes I like to pull questions from my listeners and address those questions in an episode of Career Revisionist. So thank you once again for listening to this episode. And I look forward to hanging out with you again. Bye.